0: For anyone who has ever been to a Marquette basketball home game at the Bradley Center in downtown Milwaukee, this chant is familiar. In fact, it's an earworm that'll likely plant itself in your brain for the subsequent few days after attending the game. It's a favorite of the student section, perhaps the only true, agreed-upon, iconic chant they have. It's brilliant in its simplicity. What are they chanting? We are Marquette. Got it. The kids are simply introducing themselves under one unified banner albeit very loudly and repeatedly, until they get too tired or too drunk to continue. But for a school with a long history of identity crises, it's alarmingly assured and self-confident. We are Marquette, they chant. But what, exactly, is Marquette? Welcome to Golden Disaster a new five-part podcast series looking back at how and why Marquette University retired the Warriors nickname and assumed the moniker of Golden Eagles. Was it a righteous and necessary PC safe face or a complete PR disaster? I'm your host Brian Boyle and this is exactly what I wanted to find out. In its 137-year existence, Marquette University has held no fewer than a half-dozen nicknames, officially sanctioned or otherwise. By the mid-50s, school administrators officially adopted the Warriors moniker, with the nickname being an ode to Native American tribes. By the 70s, thanks in large part to El McGuire's historic run as head coach of the men's basketball team, the name Warriors became synonymous with Marquette. A decade and a half, and a couple questionably cartoonish Native American mascots and logos later, the name was unceremoniously dropped. In 1993, under the leadership of University President Reverend Albert Diolo, Marquette renamed themselves the Golden Eagles. Students, alumni, and fans alike were shocked. And when the initial surprise wore off, anger began to settle in. You know, again, in
1: 1993 at the time they made the decision, it really came out of nowhere.
0: That's Mark Kaposius, a Marquette Law School alum and current municipal judge in the village of Greendale, just outside Milwaukee. He's remained one of the university's most outspoken critics surrounding the name-switching antics.
1: Well, if you saw that article that, you know, was republished by Professor McAdams...
0: Hold on. Professor McAdams? As in Professor John McAdams? As anyone who's kept tabs on Marquette University the past couple of years would know, McAdams is a former political science professor who entered an illegal battle with the university surrounding a free speech versus PC controversy. In the grand culture wars of the late 2010s, McAdams has firmly planted himself along the front lines of the quote-unquote conservative pro-free speech army. The man wields his private blog, defiantly titled after the Marquette Warriors mascot of yore, like a flamethrower ready to torch any so-called liberal snowflakes that might cross his path. If you've been asking yourself why Mr. Kaposius is a necessary character in this story, thank Professor McAdams. In 2005, McAdams reposted Kaposius' law school argument for maintaining the Warriors nickname on his blog. Today, if you google Marquette Warriors, Capotius' post on McAdams' website is one of the top hits, second only to Marquette's own Wikipedia entry. And while he may have never intended to be, Capotius remains a martyr for not only the upset warriors mourners, of which there are many, but also the anti-PC warriors like McAdams, of which there are also many. And while it may be easy to cast Capotius as this story's villain, I certainly expected him to be the Darth Vader to McAdams' evil emperor, He's really just a guy who's upset that his school mascot changed. More so, he's upset with how it changed, not specifically why it changed.
1: Well, if you saw that article that you know was republished by Professor McAdams, Mm -hmm. which which appeared in like a law school uh, kind of a forum, like a debate we had. um, You know, it's it's really a pretty complicated issue, but uh, it really was sprung upon. Students and alumni, and people were taken aback by it. And on top of that, the decision at the time of Father Diulio was unilateral. In other words, it was this, this decision was made, and that's the end of it. And it just was announced in that format. And so students, um, you know, obviously, and alumni were a bit taken aback by that. And there was no recourse um, to to pursue. And it just simply so the decision was made. Maybe in the fall of you know ninety two, or maybe the fall of ninety three, I think. And um, in that the ninety three ninety four season was the last year in which they used the moniker Warriors, and then they affected with the ninety four ninety five with the Gold Eagles. And there was a vote in you know, student vote, although I, I suspect that this, the conclusion was was drafted in advance. Um, so it, it really was two things. It was the process that was. Implemented to make the decision, which was very unilateral and majorative on behalf of Father Diulio. and so that was the process part. But then substantively, what we found ironic was, you no know, sooner than you know, four or five years earlier, if you pick up a Marquette University um, game program from the games, they spoke very highly about the process upon which they developed the the mascot for. What was called the first warrior, and they in, in the late Hank Raymonds was very instrumental in developing and including Wisconsin Native uh, Native American nations in the development of the costume. So, in other words, Marquette was way out ahead of the curb in 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 making the warrior mascot very uh, positive, respectful, uh, and and frankly, uh, tying it to a Wisconsin, Native American history. So I think that was, you know, we, we, so the point is, I think Marquette, unlike maybe part of like the, the Cleveland Indians or, you know, uh, other, you know, other teams, they certainly weren't being disrespectful to Native Americans. And I don't think anyone perceived it as being disrespectful. So it, it, again, there was no real issue that we were resolving. And all of a sudden, boom, this decision is made, um, and, and that's really, you know, the twofold process. Again, you, you compare this with right now the Cleveland Indians were, or the Washington Redskins. It's been talked about now for 20, 30 years. If they were to make a change, you probably would get it, right? It mm-hmm. makes sense. It would be timely. And in this situation, it was neither timely nor uh, demanded by these you know, widespread uh, groups,
0: Herein lies the story of the Marquette Warriors. The heroes probably had the right intentions, but bungled the messaging and the rollout. The villains, for the most part, simply wished for status quo, and thought the nickname could be reworked to distance itself from what probably was a questionable or problematic depiction of the Native American community. But enough of the Golden Eagle detractors' thoughts, or even my thoughts for that matter. In the next episode of Golden Disaster, I'll be speaking to Mark Denning, a Native American student who in the 1980s actually was the Marquette Warrior. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Boyle, and this, once again, has been Episode 1 of Golden Disaster.